Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. So that you pick up the full extent of what Paul's trying to say. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to think tonight of, as we talk about this, would this apply to you and your relationship with your boss? Or would this apply to you in your relationship with someone that you serve? All right? Hello? Okay, good. So in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27 that we looked at, he tells them, he says, look, I want you to live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourself in a manner of worthy, that about the good news, about Christ. I want you to live right. And then whether I come again or whether you only hear about me, I'll know that you're standing firm with one purpose, fighting the good fight, faith, which is the good news. So he says, look, I want to make sure you're still doing this, whether I'm there or not. And then we get into chapter 2, and he says, look, I don't want you to be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. And don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Maybe there's a little issues going on, you think? He has to tell him this. Look, I expect you to do this. I expect you to do this. I know there's struggles. And then he goes into chapter 6, you know, chapter, verse 6, verse 11. Humble yourself like Christ. Take on the attitude of Christ who was willing to become man and God exalted him. And then he goes into chapter 2, verse 12. He says, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, here it is again, it's even more important Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear for God's working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. Do everything without arguing and complaining so that no one can criticize you. Live innocent, clean lives, children of God, shining like bright lights in a world of full, that's just full of cricket, crooked and perverse people. That's pretty heavy instructions. So now we get into verse 19. And what Paul's going to do is talk about his companions. He's going to give an illustration of two men who were with him who demonstrate what he has been telling them about in the previous verses. And he gives them, here's, look at these two guys kind of type thing. He does it in a manner that he slips it in. If you're not careful when you read the book, you just kind of go on because usually he talks about people at the end of his book, not in the middle. But here he is given the illustration. So he's going to talk about two of his companions. First of all, Timothy. And Timothy has a caring heart. A caring heart. So in the people that you are around, do you care about them? No, do you really care about them? Oh, yeah, I care. No, do you really care about them? Notice what he says. If the Lord Jesus is willing, uh, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. In other words, I've been telling you, you got to live this way even though I'm not there. I'm going to send somebody to check up on it. He can cheer me up by telling me how you're getting along. <laughs> See the psychology there? Positive, yeah. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. If you really care about people, 
you care about them in their relationship with Jesus Christ. I care about them. I give them some food once in a while. I help them do this once in a while. That's good. Do that. But if you really care, what really matters is the relationship with Jesus Christ. And Paul says this about Timothy. He cares about you. In fact, he cares about you so much that he's not like anybody else because all the other people only care about themselves. But he cares about how God is honored. He cares about how you're being taken care of. He cares about your relationship with God. He really cares for you. As Christians, we are responsible to care for other people. Boy, you're really slow there. It's our responsibility to care. You see, we tend, especially in America, to just get isolated about ourselves. Or maybe my family. But you see, in scriptural terms, in Christian terms, this is your family. We care. And he says, I want you to follow the example of Timothy here. I want you to know he cares about you. He's not like everybody else. So when you talk about your relationship with other people, when you talk about the people, because remember, Timothy is serving Paul, isn't he? Paul's kind of his boss. He's doing what Paul wants him him to do. And Paul says this about it. You know what? There's nobody else like him. The thing I'm proud about him is he really cares about you. And the things that he's doing, he's not just doing for himself. He's doing it because he cares about you, not like everybody else. So you and I shouldn't be like everybody else, should we? No. Secondly, Timothy has a proven character. Not only does he care, but his character is such that it's been proven time and time and time again. Verse 22, you know how Timothy's proved himself. Like a son with his father. Wow, that's a, that's a close relationship, isn't it? He has served with me in preaching the good news. He, he's followed me, he's cared for me, he's taking care of me. He, he waits on me, he helps me, he serves me. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what's going to happen to me. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I believe God's going to get me out of this. But I'm going to send Timothy to you because he really cares about you. He really understands himself. And you don't have to question his motives. You don't have to question his character because he's been proven time and time again. The people around you should be able to give a testimony to your character because you have proved it day after day after day after day. Not once in a while, well, I got my good moments, but I have my bad moments. And I try to make the good a little bit better than the bad. Oh, we got to do much better than that, don't we? You're really slow tonight. Maybe it's a cold. I don't know what it is. We got to do a lot better than that. I mean, and so he, he says, look, Timothy, there's nobody like him. Look what he's done. Look how he's done it. He's proven himself. Look at his character. 
I'm going to send him to you because I, I want him to help you. And he can give me a good message and he can give me a good report and he'll be faithful in what he does and you don't have to worry about it. Then he starts introducing another guy, Erpoditis. We'll just call him E from here on out, okay? Just easier. And he says about Epidatus, he says, look, he's a co-worker. Now, I want you to notice, just notice one verse here, verse 25, and notice what he says about him. Meanwhile, I, I thought I should send E back to you. He is a true brother, a co-worker, and a fellow soldier. Boy, there's somebody who will stick by you. True brother co-worker he works alongside me remember Paul made tents he didn't just preach you know the guy he wasn't sitting around writing first Corinthians all the time or another Bible don't bother me now I'm writing one of the epistles you'll read about it somewhere other time he had to work at the same time so he talks about this guy he's a co-worker with me he's a fellow soldier we we fight together in the spiritual battles and in the warfare and he was your messenger to help me and I need. So what had happened is the church at Philippi had sent E to Paul with an offering, with financial resources to help him do what needed to be done. And they sent him there to give that offering, but they also sent him there, look, we want you to take this and give it to Paul. And since you're there, why don't you stay with him for a while? And why don't you help him? And why don't you serve him? And why don't you listen to him and just meet his needs and do whatever needs to be done? The simplest thing in life is just to do what needs to be done. A lot of people want to tell everybody what needs to be done. We, we like to watch everybody do what needs to be done. I um, read something the other day about um, there's three kinds of workers. And we can picture it this way. Um, one of the, when moving a piano, one of them will get in the back and push. One of them will get in the front and pull. And the third one will pick up the bench. Coworker. I'll give myself. I'll do it. Whatever needs to be done. Notice the great positive things he says about him. Secondly, He's committed. He's committed. Now, how committed is he? Oh, man, this guy's incredible. I'm sitting him because he's been longing to see you. He's, he's a little homesick. He misses you. And he's very distressed that you heard he was ill. In other words, he probably didn't travel to Paul by himself. He probably had some other guys go with him because if he carried money, you needed to grow in a group, not just as an individual. And so he's probably there. And the people that went with him stayed for a while. And then they probably went back and said, you know what? He's not doing well. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. <laughs> but God had mercy on him and also on me so that I would not be, have one sorrow after another. So I'm all the more anxious to send him back to you for I know you'll be glad to see him and then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy 
and give him the honor that people like him deserve. Here it is. He risked his life for the work of Christ. And he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. That's a committed person. That's a committed guy. And so he tells these two little points about these two men that are with him to kind of pick up and to illustrate what he'd been telling them about how they were the examples of what he had been trying to get these people to understand. Here's how you work. Here's what, when you're with somebody that's serving alongside, this is how you treat them. This is what you do. This is how you operate. This is what it's about. And so, great illustration. So, just a couple things here. Our consistency. How should we serve God? Knowing that we serve God when we serve others. Correct? So how do we do that? And what should our consistency be? How should we be living in serving other people by serving God? The first one is prove yourself. Notice each one of these, Timothy and E, you know, what, what was it? They, they did this. They, they were faithful. They were committed. They stayed true. They had proven themselves over the course of time. And so you and I have the responsibility. You know, sometimes we step in and just say, look, I don't need to prove myself. I know what I'm doing. I don't need to do this. I, you know, you know. But you and I, I don't care how much you know somebody and how long you've been doing it, we constantly have to live a life that's consistent, proving our life long commitment to Jesus Christ. That never ends. And so Paul writes to the church at Corinth, he says this to them, we prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. You prove your commitment to Christ. You prove your Christianity to others by the purity of your life. That means what comes out of your mouth. That means how you behave and how you talk and what you do. We prove it by our understanding. We care about people so we understand the issues and the struggles that go on and we are Here's that word again, patient with people. And we patiently keep serving. And we're kind. And we allow the Holy Spirit to live within us and therefore fruit is produced. And we love people. You want to prove yourself? Here it is. That's the checklist. That's what we do. And so in our walk with God, in our relationship with others, in our serving of others, in, in our job, we prove ourselves. Oh, it's not just proven that I can do this, I'm talented over here, and I can do this. And that. All of these things are character traits, aren't they? And that's where the proof is. Because you can be the most talented person in the world and being able to do a lot of things. But if you're not this you're not going to help people. 
I'll go on. Secondly, we help others reach their potential. So in other words, I'm more concerned about other people progressing than I am about me. I'm more concerned about other people getting promoted than I am about me. I'm more concerned about other people getting credit than I'm about me. Notice what Paul said when he wrote, he said, look, make sure this guy gets the honor that he's due. Make sure you take care of him because he's proven himself and he was a good representative of you and he did all of this and you make sure you give him what he deserves. And he was there boosting these two guys up because he wanted them to be exalted and he wanted them to get the credit for what they had done in other people's eyes. And sometimes if we're not careful, we're so concerned about getting the credit that we never think and take the time to try to help other people get the credit to reach their potential. Romans 15. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be filled. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ, then all of you can join together with one voice giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, we're not in competition with each other. We're there to complement each other. We're there to help other people become better. We're there to care about them and many times put their needs above our own. We serve others. And so Paul talks about these men, about what they're doing and how they're doing it, and says, look, they have done everything they can to help me. I want to do everything I can to help them. You know, if you have that relationship in a marriage, that marriage is going to be very strong. When you're more concerned about caring for the other than you are about caring for yourself, But too often, what do you hear? Well, they're not meeting my needs. Let me tell you a secret. Chances are you're not meeting theirs either. Okay, I expected it to be quiet there. (laughs) And see, when you get selfish, relationships get hard. But Paul says, look, I care about them. I'm there to help them. I want them to reach their potential and I'll do what I can to help them do that. Thirdly, be willing to pay the price. Pastor, what's the price going to be? It's going to be more than you think. And it's a very simple price and it's the same price for everybody. It's put simply, Jesus taught it, John chapter 15. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You see, when you care more about others than yourself, you're laying down your life, aren't you? When you put other needs ahead of yours, you're laying down your life, aren't you? 
the greatest demonstration of love is when you think of others more than you think of yourself. The greatest demonstration of love is when you give to others what they need, not worried about what you need. The moment you begin to worry about what you need, your needs will never be met because your needs will always keep shifting. But it's amazing how that when you're willing to meet the others, it's amazing how God meets the needs that you have. And so he says, look, I I want you to be willing to pay this. (laughs) E almost, almost died. That's a big price to pay, isn't it? It's something that's really hard. And yet he was willing to do that because of his care and concern. I know I'm ill, I know I'm sick, but I want to help. And so he was willing to give his all to God and to help Paul. Protect the name of Jesus. You and I are Christ ambassadors, aren't we? You and I are Christians. We are Christ followers. We carry his name. And you and I need to live our lives protecting that name so that we bring no disrepute to it. So that we bring honor to the name of Jesus Christ. Some people are more concerned about their honor than they are about God's honor. Some people are more concerned for them getting the credit than God getting the credit. And you and I have to live a life that says, you know what? I'm a Christ follower. And the one thing I want to do is make sure I bear that name well. And I give him a great representation of my life. 1 Peter chapter 4. If you're insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed for all of that, for the glorious Spirit of God rests on you. Let's be honest. If you bear the name of Christ as a Christian in the world today, there's people who are going to make fun of you. There's people who aren't going to want to be around you. If you suffer, however, you know... It can't be for murder or stealing or making trouble or prying into other people's affairs, gossiping. You know, if you're going to suffer, don't don't do it for these things. But it's no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. So, in the people you work for, in the people that you get to serve, if someone were to write about you, would they write about these things? And is there things in your life that you look at today and you say, you know what, I need to improve here because I do bear the name of Christ. And it's a privilege for me to serve him, to honor him, and to follow him. And I want to represent that name well. So can we take a moment 
and just ask God to help us to carry his name well. God, help me to represent you well with the people in the park, with the people at work, with the people in the neighborhood, whoever. Just take a moment. God, just help us right now. Lord, it truly is a privilege to be called a Christian, to have that name attached to you, to have my life attached to you is the greatest privilege in life. So Lord, would you help us that as we live our daily lives that we would bear your name well. That we would represent you well. That you would remind us time and time again that as we go about our activities and as we relate to the people around us in our sphere of influence, in our sphere of life, that we represent you and help us to bring honor and glory to your name. It's a name above every other one. Thank you for the privilege of being called a Christian. Help us to carry it well as we go from this place tonight. In thy name we pray. Everybody said, amen. God bless you, Chicago. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.